on Buckets of Books talking about books we've really not liked recently. Yeah, it just worked out that way. But I've actually talked about mine before. Um, I think two podcasts ago, I told you about that book, Pamela, I was reading, mm-hmm. um, which is the one, it's like 1700s, so it's epistolary style. Um, and I thought it was cool how she's a lady with a job and, um, you know, it's the main thing is she's being sexually harassed by her boss, which seems like pretty progressive subject matter for the time. And I thought like it was easy to read, you know, um, I liked the format, but after that it took a big turn and now I hate it. And I recommend it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, do you want to spoil to explain? Yes, I have to. I have to spoil it. Okay, well, first of all, at the beginning, all of that's well and good. I'm excited about the plot and the format. But basically, she gets into all these kind of misadventures where she's trying to get away from this guy, and it keeps not working out. Like, she's trying to leave. She's trying to quit and leave his house, and then she... She's like, I'm going to leave on Thursday. That's the big day. And you're, like, reading all these letters and stuff. And finally, it's Thursday. Oh, my boss, who is trying to harass me, um, says that I can't leave until I finish embroidering him a waistcoat. And she's like, so I guess I got to finish that. And then you're waiting and waiting for another week while she embroiders this vest um, because she's, you know, this guy's just, like, attempted raped her, and she's like, well, I gotta finish your embroidery for you. So it's, like, all these little incidents that keep her from getting away, and he kidnaps her. Oh, my God. And, yeah, and, (laughs) again, she's, like, trying to go out a window, but then, like, she gets caught. All it feels very redundant. Um, just, like, when is she finally gonna, like, get up the nerve to actually leave? And then she finally does leave just because he gives her permission, basically. She's on her way back with all she's been wanting for, like, 60% of this book. She gets a letter from him that she reads while she's in the carriage where it's, like, he's being nice to her and letting her go. She decides right there that she has fallen in love with him. And, And decides to turn the carriage around and go back and marry him. Um, this is somebody who's like violently tried to rape her, like held her down in a very like silly but horrible scene where um, he's dressed up as her maid wearing a dress and has an apron over his head to try to convince her to undress in her room for sleep. And um, it's just all a complete mess. I don't like the way the plot is structured, but really the horrifying thing is that all of a sudden, she's in love with this villain and has a happily ever after with him um that sounds pretty horrible (laughs) (laughs) um i had been so when you first started talking about it like a couple podcasts ago i was like surprised by how seemingly like maybe not progressive but modern it seemed just where like these are issues we see today and like I was sort of surprised that they were talking about it in a way that acknowledged the violence of it. Um, But now it seems like some, like, very twisted, like, comedy almost, where it's more so making fun of her for being the victim than it is 
this like criticizing the situation which is creepy yeah in the beginning it seems like she might she's like such an innocent she's very girlish and young and um naive and at first it kind of seems like she was building up strength as she was you know standing firm in her convictions but overall it just that dissipated and she became just a caricature of a virtuous woman um and just a complete cliche where just the whole point of the book feels like it's she held on to her virtue which is the most important thing a woman has to offer this book is saying and then because she did that because she stood firm and um because she was virtuous she got the prize and she got to marry the man um and it's just not the message at all that I was expecting us to have from this. I, I knew it wasn't going to be perfect because of the way they were writing it at the beginning. They were saying, like, um, you know, this is your greatest gift. And her parents are saying, we'd rather you come back dead than, you know, with your virtue compromised. So obviously it's not that modern, but it just I felt like it was set up for something that had a lot of promise that just completely cut short in a way mm-hmm. that I really hated. Um, yeah, that seems awful. I would totally <laughs> convince me not to read it. I know, and it's a pretty long book, too. Um, the worst so combination. Yeah, but I felt like I had to finish it to, like, see if it redeemed itself and make a final opinion, and it, and it wasn't very hard to read, but it was long, um, but then I had to come back here um, on the air for all of our listeners and you know, make sure nobody thought that I was still into this book or went to read it on my recommendation because it's like one of the worst things I've read in a long time. Um, yeah, it sounds, it sounds horrible. Um, I similarly, similarly just read a book that I really hated and I like, I was trying to think of other books that I've like hated or like really just like felt so strongly about how much I disliked them um and there are a couple books that I like stopped reading halfway through or towards the beginning but that wasn't because like I hated the book it's because I just like found the book boring um but I I'm my English class this semester is satire and we just finished reading um A Confederacy of Dunces by John Kennedy Toole and I hated it I really like I just like every single day in class I would be talking about how much I didn't like this book um and I liked the other we read like Fight Club and Lysistrata earlier in the year and like I loved both of those um but this is I don't know you might have read it but it is um it like won the Pulitzer and it came out I think or it was published like in the 60s and it's a picaresque novel which basically means like all of the characters are like these very cartoonish caricatures and no one really changes. So everyone, if they're a bad person, they're a bad person the entire time. Um, and it's a satire, so like it is satirizing different aspects of our society, but basically it follows the main character, Ignatius, who is just like the like like the definition of like a gross person. Like if you had to imagine like the absolute grossest person possible, it would be him. Like he has these he's mean to everyone, he's like physically gross, he's like his he's sometimes the narrator and when he narrates it's just like 
I don't know. He, he like he's just like a disgusting character, and it's not like, <laughs> and it's not like I don't know. I in, sometimes enjoy when there's a character who is hard to like um, or unlikable in a book, but he is like the author was aware of what he was doing because it was a satire, and so he really purposely made him like as horrible as he could possibly be and then he doesn't change at all and he doesn't ever realize that what he's saying is terribly wrong and he doesn't realize that like you can't act like that or when people do this you can't do I don't know he's just he's horrible he's horrible the entire time but then the book itself was like very long it was like 400 pages in like this heavy heavy book and nothing really happens it essentially is just Ignatius in these different scenarios and then like there are people who work in a bar, and we see them interacting, and then there, it's Ignatius's mother and his, her friends, and we see them interacting, but everyone is essentially, like, the worst version of themselves they can possibly be, a lot of it, it's all set in New Orleans, and a lot of it is about, like, southern New Orleans culture, and, like, how we as a society, like, view education, everything, but I didn't find it funny, like, I found it when we were reading Fight Club, like, for the same class, I wouldn't read it before bed because, like, it was so intense and, like, gross at times just because what they were talking, but it was intense in, like, a really beautiful, well-written way. With this, it's, like, I wouldn't read it before bed because I, like, didn't want that taste in my mouth of, like, what was happening. Um, And it's, like, I totally, I understand how it's a satire and I understand sort of the author's intentions but it was just like it wasn't good and like horrible things happen to horrible people and like everyone's a stereotype and it's just like nothing about that book made me like want to literally read the next page mm-hmm. oh i'm sorry and you are not able to give that up when it's for a class Mm-mm. um i guess yeah that humor is such an important part of satire like it it feels very hard to enjoy if you aren't enjoying that aspect of it and humor is so subjective like I think when I think of satire I often think of Jonathan Swift and writing about Mm -hmm. like um you know how they should start eating Irish children um and if you are somebody like I I thought that was funny while I was reading it but if I imagine like proper ladies of the day being really offended by that and it just reading you know even if you know it's satire still just like what kind of sick person came up with this yeah I mean like that's sort of how I felt about Fight Club but like in a more positive way where it's like Mm -hmm. it is like wow like that's a really dangerous violent scene that just happened and like all of these characters are like really like they have like serious issues but like even if because I don't think a satire necessarily has to be funny. I think it just has to, like, use irony and all of these different, like, devices to make it a representation somehow of, like, something that it's criticizing or commenting on. Um, but this... And, like, I could tell that scenes from this were supposed to be funny just because of, like, how ridiculous they were. But I just hated reading about them happening to the characters because, like, it was gross and they were mean and, like offensive and it just like wasn't I don't know if there was humor in how ridiculous it was it wasn't worth reading about them right I like that you feel comfortable talking about how you hate a book in class though were other people enjoying it at all or um the group well this teacher is I had her sophomore year and then I was her TA last year 
Um, and so I, it's definitely like a different relationship with this teacher than I would be in a different class. Um, I think a couple, basically all of my friends, like no one really liked this book. Um, we also like, it was a very fragmented reading process, but like there, we generally liked the other things that we've read this year. Um, and this one, I think, I mean, part of it was just like the language isn't, it's not like it's gross but easy to read like the language was difficult and like or even if the language wasn't difficult it's just like very long sentences and like the characters are speaking and these accents that like aren't really supposed to be understandable and so just like none of us wanted to read it when we were reading it um but I don't know I think it's a strange choice because the other books we've read this year have been definitely have been satires but they've been a lot more like I don't know, they haven't been so deeply offensive and, like, satirical in the way this one is. Um, yeah. But yeah, generally none of us liked it much. I'm curious, I wonder if you know how much control individual teachers have over the syllabus, because, you know, talk about book banning and, you know, governments having control over what young people read and um, this seems like such a, this seems more like a college survey based off the topic rather than a high school class. Um, um, it was actually like, so for this class, the teacher has basically complete control because seniors have English electives. So it's not just like American history, which is like a given state curriculum. Um, but this is like, she designed this course and all of the other, like there's like a bajillion other English electives where the teachers design it and they present it to the DOE. And then once the DOE approves it, they essentially have anything within that like original approval that they can use. So she did pick this and this was totally within her control. Um, but some of the stuff we've been reading this year, we were like worried we wouldn't be able to read just because it was, it's all been explicit and like violent um, and college level. But um yeah, this, so this is, like, a specific scenario where it's not, like, oh, you have to read Great Gatsby, which was, like, last year what we had to do, but, um, this is self-designed. Do you think that she's listening to the podcast now? Um, I actually don't know <laughs> if she knows I have this podcast. I might have to tell her about it, but she can listen. I've talked about this with her, so she knows how I feel. Um, yeah. And I, I love mean, the class, I but I just <laughs> really did not enjoy reading this book. But you brought up something else that I've been thinking about kind of lately, um, which is, is it possible to enjoy a book where you really hate the main character in a way that kind of like gets under your skin? Uh, lately, I've been finding the answer for me might be no. <laughs> um, I was thinking this like as I was speaking just now, because I know I said a lot about how much I hate the characters, but it really, my only issue isn't with the characters. Like I really didn't enjoy any other aspect of the book like the writing or the quote-unquote plot um and so I think this is a specific scenario where it's just everything perfectly against what I wanted to be reading but I think there's a difference between you as the reader not liking the character and the author writing a character to be difficult to like mm -hmm. um like, I think a lot of the secret history characters are not great people, and we obviously love that book. Um, I actually gave it to my friend today because she wanted to read it, um, so now we are enticing her too. But, like, yeah. I think a lot of those characters aren't good people or likable characters, but I still enjoy reading about them. But then there are some books where it's like, 
the character is supposed to be likable and I just like find them annoying and I just like don't empathize with their scenario or what they're saying and I think usually those are more like rom-com-y like YA books but I don't know I think it depends yeah it's like you said leaving a bad taste in your brain or um just being not wanting that voice to have much to do with it like the example I'm thinking of is a heartbreaking work of staggering genius um which I feel like if you're a man in your 30s you're obsessed with that book probably (laughs) um but I hated it and as you can tell like from the title alone the whole point is it's like over the top arrogant Mm -hmm. um so grandiose and so self-aggrandizing um and that's the point you know um it's it's very on the nose with the title and just everything about the way the writing is. And so if I try to complain about that book, people are like, he's doing it on purpose. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's not enjoyable. I don't yes. like reading yes. in this guy's style because I just think you're, think you're a jerk. Um, that's totally how I feel about this. Cause like a lot of what, we, what we've been talking about this year is how it cannot be a satire if it's not intentional, where the author has to have the intention to be giving some message in this irony or this role reversal or this, like, exaggeration or anything. And so I think, like, all of these characters and all of these plot points and dialogue and everything that I hated about this book, like, it was all intentional. Like, and I am acknowledging that the author, maybe they were, but I'm acknowledging that the author isn't a horrible person like the characters in the book. I just didn't enjoy, and, like, a couple people like tried to explain it to me and they're like no he's like this to represent like this aspect of our society and it's not that I don't like understand the meaning of the book I just don't enjoy that meaning or the representation of it yeah yeah that's a good point I think the secret history is a really good example because they're all terrible people they're they're not even anti-heroes for the most part mm-hmm. and I, you can really love an anti-hero these are just people who you would hate in real life but they're fun to watch and <laughs> their voices don't get under my skin in the way that other books do um always circling back to how much we like secret history always <laughs> yeah so so the point of this podcast is <laughs> um don't read any of the books we just talked about just go read the secret history <laughs> Um, Yeah, this was our rant episode, and we'll be back next week on Buckets of Books.